very familiar scripture. Joel chapter 2, verse number 28. I'm in the New King James Version. And this is what the Word of God says. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Hallelujah. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also my men servant and all my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. Hallelujah. Can you lift your hands and praise God for pouring out his spirit right now today. Father, I thank you, Lord. I thank you for your word. I thank you that you're still pouring out your spirit among us today. Lord, it's spreading across America, Lord, right here, just like it is in Greenbrier. Father, I ask you, Lord, today as we hear the word of God, Lord, that it penetrates deep and takes root in fertile ground, Lord, that we may let it flourish in our lives in days to come. I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Give the Lord a big hand as you're seated. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I want to say right off the bat, thank you for those that have been praying for me this past week. I've been under the weather, under the covers, and under Shelley's authority. Thank God I'm free, free. No. She did a great job helping me at home, nursing me back to health. I'm still dealing with some voice issues. But um, how many know that God is still pouring his spirit out on those that are seek him? Hallelujah. If we'll seek him, I think I, heard, I read this in the scripture. If we'll seek him, we'll find him. <laughs> Hallelujah. If we'll seek him, we'll find him. I want to preach to you for just a few moments today with the subject... Time is of the essence. Time is of the essence. Time, you hear a lot of time, time is flying. Time is flying by. Time is flying. If you're wearing a watch and you're in an airplane, time is really flying. Right, Logan? Did you get it? You're watching, you're flying? Okay. Just want to make sure you're with me. Children's church can be dismissed. Meetups upstairs. I let them stay in here to hear my joke. They're the ones that are get it and have fun with it. Time is flying. I was looking at the calendar and knew it was coming up. But this Saturday is our second breakthrough service that we're going to have. It's a Saturday night, this coming Saturday night. And um, what time do we start on that? 6.30. I told Brother Nick today, I said, if it's not written down in front of me, I won't remember it. Uh, 6.30 this Saturday. And th there's going to be freedom in the house Saturday too. God's going to move. Here, here's the thing. If we're the only ones that show up, we're going to be blessed. We're going to worship God. Every service, every class, Every event is designed to lead someone to Christ. The vision of our church is come grow with us. If we're not growing together, we're doing something wrong. If we're not inviting others to come grow with us, we're doing something wrong. 
God has really been on my heart talking to me about time and time being short. And for me to be open in my mouth, you think, Pastor, you always have your mouth open. I'm looking for people. Every time I get in my car, I'm looking for someone to talk to about God. You, you see me at Walmart, it's going to take me a long time just to get a gallon of milk because I'm going to find somebody to talk to. That may be why it's going out of date so quick. I'm just telling you, last night I went to Harps. I don't know if there's two or three people in Harps. I come out of there. I was checking out, and our renters over here are uh, Carol works down there. I seen Carol, and I said, hello, Carol. She said, hello, Pastor. How are you doing? I said, I'm doing good. And uh, there was another girl standing there, and she said, isn't this funny? I mean, we should be doing the witnessing. We should be doing the inviting. Carol says to this girl, and I I don't remember her name right now, but she says, this is Pastor Drew. He pastors up here at Trinity Faith Tabernacle. So he's a good man right here. You need to go. I was like, wow. She doesn't even come here. I love Carol and David, but they they don't attend here. But boy, she's inviting for us. I'm like, I hope we're doing the same. We ought to be inviting people out. Well, how many know there's different times and seasons in our life? There are. Of course, we're, we're going through winter right now. It really doesn't feel that much like winter, but this is still called winter. We'll follow it up with spring, summer, fall. It all happens at different times. Fruits, vegetables, they're harvested at particular times. I know they talk about the peaches, which I don't like at all. So don't bring me any. I'll have to gift them to someone else. She'll eat them. She loves them. But there's a certain time, a certain season for the peaches to be ripe and to be just right. Watermelons are the same way. Fruit, vegetable, we see that. Locally, toad suck. Everybody knows toad suck down in common. It happens at a certain time. Beast feast. Happens at a certain time. Groundhog Day, my favorite holiday, happens at a certain time. I love Groundhog Day. Memorial Day, Independence Day, Thanksgiving, Christmas, they're all at certain times. I believe that right now, where we're at, whatever age you are, 11.39 a.m. Central Standard Time, God is wanting to move. He's wanting to move on Greenbrier like never before. I believe that God is ready to pour out his provision, his spirit, his promise, his power, his anointing, his presence like we've never seen before. I'm not talking about the mundane, the usual service, the, the morning, uh, Sunday morning, Sunday night service, the Wednesday night service. I'm talking about a move of God that happens on a Monday, that happens on a Tuesday, a Thursday, a Friday, a Saturday. God, he created each day and they're all his. He's wanting to move. 
He's wanting to move. My question to us today is how many are ready for a move of God like you've never seen before? How many are ready for God to grace us with his presence like we've never seen before? Like we've never felt before? How many are ready to see God so strong that sinners find their way to the altars and saints are right there with them? Are you ready for that time? How many are ready to see a miracle in your own body? How many needs a healing today? Would you raise your hand? You have something going on in your body you need healing for. I remember as a young man, I was like, I don't need healing for anything. I'm doing good. Well, after 56 years of abuse, I need healing in my body. I need healing in my body. How many is ready to see miracles in your health, in your family, in your mind, in your soul, in your finances? How many is ready to see signs and wonders? Hallelujah. How many believers are in the house? How many believers are in the house? Listen to this, Mark 16 and 17. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, hallelujah, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it will not by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Hallelujah. Believers, these signs is what's going to follow you. Hallelujah. How many is ready to pay the price for these things? Wow. I went out to eat. I believe it's Friday. Trying to get out of the house. I spent Monday in my bedroom all day. I spent Tuesday in my bedroom except for I walked outside and sat, sat down in a chair outside and just looked around. Like, wow, this is what the outside looks like. I went back to my bedroom and laid down. But Friday I was able to go and a little bit and I, I went and eat had a delicious steak I could finally taste things again my first side I got sauteed mushrooms I told the waitress for my second side I want sauteed mushrooms and I eat that steak it was delicious I drunk that water it tastes like water and then she come up with a bill for me. I'm not used to paying the bill. She does. I was looking around, I was like, well, who's buying my supper? And I had to pay for my own meal. We want to see signs, wonders. We claim to be believers. How many is ready to pay the price for the good thing? Hallelujah. How many is ready to pay the price for his presence? No matter what it costs you. Getting way off my notes, but I'm going to tell you, it's going to cost you something, and that something is everything. That something is everything. You can no longer categorize your life and say, this is my church life, this is my faith walk, this is my school, this is my job. This is No, it's all the Great Commission. Everything you do should be seeking God's presence. Everything you should do would be paying the price to see the power and the presence of God like you've never seen before. That's the price it's going to take.
That's the price it's going to take. Housing the presence of God will cost you something. Being a carrier of his presence will cost you something. And that something is everything. Why? Why do we need to do this? Why do we need to pay the price? Because time is of the essence. I know it's not popular for me to come out here and preach and just come out guns a-blazing and hitting you right in the face and tell you there's a price to pay. But I want you to know, I'm going to be honest with you, the truth is going to set us free here today. Amen? I believe it's time that we as Christians have to answer some real questions. Do we really want revival? Do we really want revival that sets a sinner free? Do we really want revival that will convict not only the sinner, but also the saint? Wow. Do we really want revival that will cost us time and effort to see the miracles that we read about in the Bible? We need to ask ourselves this question. Do we really want a revival that's going to change me personally? I personally like myself. And you do too. You like yourself. Sure, there's things we want to change. I want to be able to wear them skinny jeans and them short jackets and look cool like all the other hip-hop pastors do. Tennis shoes. I want my hair to blow in the wind and not be gray and look young. I want to be wealthier. I don't know how wealthy I need to be because every time I get money, I give it away. I think we can become comfortable, too comfortable in what God is dissatisfied with. I didn't save his sin. I think just some things that God's not satisfied with that we're not giving him what he's asking and he's not satisfied with what we're giving him. We're doing things that he's not satisfied with. God is a God that does new things. How many know that? He is a God. That's why it's so hard for Christians, except when the move of God comes along, they want to analyze it, they want to look at it, make sure it's this, make sure it's that, instead of just getting in the flow of the Spirit and understanding God's moving. We get that critical eye out. God help us. God help us. God's a God of new things. He's a God of unusual things. How many love a battle plan that where you're going to go in and take Jericho, but the battle plan is let's just march around their walls? Great plan, Joshua. God, what are you doing to us? We look foolish down here. He does the unusual. He wants to prove that he's God. And he doesn't have to have the armored tanks to blow down the walls. He doesn't need those soldiers with the rifles and machine guns to take over a city. Hey, why don't you just blow in your horn? And why don't you just shout? <laughs> why don't you just shout to me? I'll tear down these walls. You just walk in and take it. Hallelujah. God's a God of unusual things. He does things that we've never seen before. He wants to do new things in each and every one of us. He's not a stagnant God. He's a moving God. He's a moving God. Lamentations 3.22. Through the Lord's mercies we are not consumed because his compassions fail not they are new every morning great is your faithfulness 
I preached from that not long ago. Great is his faithfulness, hallelujah. But his mercies, his grace, his love, everything you can think about God is new every morning. You'll never run out of it. There's always plenty of God. Have you ever run out of something at home? You've poured your cocoa pebbles and you're just ready to eat it for your midnight snack. You look in the refrigerator and you smell the carton of milk and it's ruined. Or there's none. And you're thinking, them stinking boys. God's never out. An endless supply. Hallelujah. He's not stagnant. He's a moving God. He wants to do new things. He wants to do unusual things. Do we really want revival that stirs us so much that we're willing to do the unusual? I was reading about Azusa Street and the preacher that was overseeing that sometimes would come and sit. And they, they were not in a beautiful sanctuary with a beautiful carpet and pews and heat and air. They, they were in an old feed building. And he, they said most of the time this man would come out and sit down and put a box on his head. I told somebody not long ago, I said, well, what would happen in our church if I come up here and sit down and put a box on my head? I think, well, what's the purpose of the box? Why did he do it? I don't even know. What I do know, the presence of God fell. The Christian, the critical Christian, was looking at that and said, he's uneducated. He's unlearned. He's a, he's a lunatic. Well, look what he's doing. Sometimes God tells you to do the unusual thing. Even Jesus did some unusual things. How many wants to be healed of something, but first I'm going to spit on the ground, take some dirt, and rub it on your ailment? Doesn't that sound good? Yeah, and, and I don't know why, but God always used spit to heal eyes. He used spit to heal eyes. That's unusual. That's unusual. I remember one of the prophets went into a dead one, laid on top of him. Commanded them to come back to life. They come back to life. God's going to ask you to do unusual things. Be willing to hear his voice. Listen to his voice. Obey his voice. Amen? Well, do we really want a revival that may call us to be at the church house more than we're used to? Yeah. Do we really want revival that's going to cost me something? We get comfortable in our routines. Do we really want revival that's going to take us out of our routines? It's going to cost you something, and that something is everything. Why? Because time is of the essence. Time is running out. Luke 14, 24 says, And whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Then he said to them all, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself. And take up his cross daily and follow me. This may not be a shouting message, but man, this is a good word right here. It's going to cost you everything. Jesus is telling you this, picking up your cross, that's everything. That's everything. That, that's just not something. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll give uh, an offering. Well, the Bible requires the 10%. Brother Nick nailed it on the head today. In Malachi, he lets us know that 10% is what his way is. But that offering... That's the unusual part. That's the different part, right? It'll cost you something. It'll cost you something. It'll cost you your routine, what you normally do.
time is of the essence for a move of God for us and the sinner. Why do we need a move of God? Why do we need revival to break out in our church and every other church in this nation? Because we need to be revived to teach and to preach and to compel the sinner to come in. Time is of the essence. Time is running out on this world. For the Christian to say, uh, you know, it's easy for them to say, you know what, um, Lord, come quickly. Time's running out. Come on, God, I'm ready to go. That's good. We need to have that confidence that we know when we take our last breath where we're going to spend eternity. We have to know that. But what about the lost? Christians can just say, I'm going to look to the Bible, Titus chapter 2, verse 13, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. We have that blessed assurance, our blessed hope. So why is time of the essence? We're, we're good to go. We're saved. We're going to heaven. I remember my family. I remember my family that's not saved. I remember my friends that are not saved. I remember my friends and family that's if they died today, they're going to spend eternity in hell. Shelly said something either last night or this morning. Something like, boy, you just don't hear much about hell anymore. I didn't tell her what I was preaching about today. Hell is the place that was created for the devil. Not for human beings. Hell is the place of eternal damnation. Hell is the place of eternal separation from God. There's no hope in hell. Well, I'll find a a back door. I'll get out of this. No. No. There's not a second chance in hell. There's not a time in hell that you'll, you'll be consumed. Hell is where the lost burn forever. We think, well, I'm just going to burn it. It'll be done. I've heard people tell me this. No. You're going to be in pain. You're going to hurt forever. Time is of the essence. We can't say we can wait for revival. I'll catch the next wave of glory when it comes by. I'll catch the next outpouring of God's spirit. I'll, I'll wait for somebody else to pay the price for revival. I'll wait for someone else to pray and touch heaven. I'm too busy. I'm too sleepy. I'm too unconcerned. I'm too religious. I'm too old. I'm too young. Time is of the essence. <laughs> I know this. You think you're being a Debbie Downer pastor. And you really bring me down on this. We need to hear the word. John 4.35 says, Do you not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white for harvest. What he's telling him, now is the time. Time is of the essence. Now is the time to reach the sinner. Now is the time to reach them and let them know that there's a loving Savior, that their eternity can be secure in Christ. God is stirring his people. There's an outpouring of the Holy Ghost manifesting itself in college campuses all across America right now, all across the world. 
An outpouring of God's spirit and presence has recently manifested in a college campus in Kentucky and has drawn national attention. I say praise God. <laughs> Baylor University is having a revival right now on their college campus. To my shock, Christians have sat back and looked at it and criticized. I'm going to wait and see if this is really a move of God. You know what? I love it. They, they've shut the revival down in Asbury, and they've, they've, they've changed some things up. It hasn't stopped people from coming. What I love about that is, and I think of it this way, do you need to go there to feel God's presence? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But I see in the Bible, wherever Jesus was, people flocked to him. So do I think it's wrong to go to where a revival is? Absolutely not. Go. Every chance I get something locally, I'm old. I don't like to drive a long way anymore. But every time I hear about a revival service, I go to it. I go to it. I want to feel God's presence. Yes, I feel him here, but I want to feel him all the time. I, I want to go where they're having revival. I want to go where people's paid the price. Sometimes I just go and let them pay the price, and I just enjoy it. Sometimes you come to church and you don't pay the price and you just enjoy it. And we're all guilty. Some days I come in here the same way. Next thing I know, worship breaks out and you guys are praising the Lord and this power and presence of God's here. And I'm like, wow, I didn't even do anything to bring that power down. I didn't even pay the price, Lord, for that. But I'm going to enjoy it. Well, 2 Corinthians 6 and 2 says this, and this is the latter part of the verse. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Time is of the essence because now's the time. When you see revival breaking out, now's the time. Now's the time. Behold, the day of salvation. There's no time to waste, there's no time to spare. Now's the accepted time. Now's the day of salvation. It's time. For a timely completion. That's what that phrase means. Time is of the essence. It means it's ready for a timely completion. What kind of revival would we have if we all got hungry at the same time? Oh, wow. What kind of revival would we have if we all came together hungry for God in such a way that nothing else would satisfy in the natural, there are times when we're hungry for something and nothing else will satisfy. We don't want broccoli when we're hungry for steak. I don't want broccoli when I'm hungry for anything. When we're hungry for a chocolate cake with our favorite icing, a Krispy Kreme donut, our favorite coffee from the coffee hut, caffeine hut, there's nothing else going to satisfy that craving. What kind of revival would we have? We all came in one accord, in one mind, seeking the one Savior, seeking the presence of God. We've seen it in Acts 2. We understand the Holy Ghost and fire fell when they all come together hungry for something from God. Amen? Listen at this, Matthew 5 and 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Why? For they shall be filled. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. <clears throat> the hunger speaks of an intense desire 
Just like a man starving for natural food. That's what the scripture is pertaining to. The scripture is talking about someone that must receive sustenance. I can't say it today. Or receiving God's righteousness or else he will die. Are you to that point? God, I want you or I want death. I want your presence or I don't care to be here anymore. God, wherever you're going, that's where I'm going. I want to be in your presence no matter where that might be. I'm not suggesting we're killing ourselves, okay? Don't everybody hang on to their hats there. I want to be in the presence of God. I want to be in the center of his will for my life. And when I'm in the center of his will, I'm going to be in his presence. He's not going to be far from me. What kind of revival would we have? We all would start standing our ground. Hmm. (laughs) What kind of revival would we have if we'd put our money where our mouth is and stood our ground and stopped bowing down to the enemy? What would happen if we said, no, devil, you can't have my spouse? No, devil, you can't have my children, my family, my friends, my house, my provision, my health, my joy, my peace. No, devil, you can't have anything. The devil didn't give it. The devil can't take it away. As a matter of fact... I'm talking about, talking about taking back what the devil's even already stole. <laughs> the devil can only take what he steals or what you give up. I'm telling you, stop giving your happiness away for discouragement. Stop giving your peace away for worry. Stop giving your health away for sickness. Stop giving your provision away for poverty. Stop giving away your love for hate. Lord, help us. Stop giving away what God intends for you to have and replacing it with a substitute. The original still the best. How many remember Coca-Cola and they decided they are going to try a new Coke for- formula? Do you remember that? I'm so old I remember that. They brought out new cans, everything else. It, it wasn't any good. It was like a flat Pepsi. There's nothing like the real thing. Take it back your ground and continue to stand your ground because time is of the essence. Hallelujah. Prayer is something that can't be controlled or put in a box. It can't be stopped. The revivals that we read about and hear about always start with prayer. It's a tool in the toolbox of the Christian that should never be forgotten, never be misplaced, never get rusty and never get lost. We have to pray. Guess what? They can bind me. They can duct tape my mouth shut. They get me to be quiet. But they can't stop me from praying. Hannah was praying. And all she was doing was moving her lips. No, no sound was coming out. She was praying. To the point where the priest thought she was drunk and she was just in there being a fool. She said, no, I'm praying. I'm praying. That tells me I can pray in my mind. So bind my mouth up. I'm still going to pray right here. But you know what? When my mouth is not taped up, I'm going to pray out loud. I'm going to praise out loud. I'm going to worship out loud. We've seen Paul and Silas here in jail. They have them all bound up, you know, like they're going to run and escape. What they should have done is taped their mouth shut so they couldn't speak the praises of God. I still don't think that would have worked. I believe they'd begin to praise and worship in their heart. 
People can block you from Facebook, TikTok, Instagram. They can block you from calling them. They may even be able to block your street. Block your car in somewhere. But one thing they can never block, and that's your prayers. They never block your prayers. They can never t- block you from touching the throne room. They can never stop you from taking, uh, from talking to your heavenly Father. It can't be stopped. Prayer can't be stopped. How many want pre- the presence of God? I know I asked the question already. Sincerely want the presence of God in your life. You want to see a revival here. We, we continue to have the presence of God here. and We've had it prophesied here. We, 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 we had it told to us by God uh, in prayer. His presence is an abiding presence that's here for us. And it's staying in this tabernacle. We understand that. I've heard other pastors say the same thing. I'm like, well, God, you're speaking this same word all over the nation. He's ready. He's ready. He's ready to be here for us. He's ready to abide with us. He's ready for his presence to be poured out. Our question, my question is, are we ready to pay that price? Be unashamed to lift our hands and open our mouth and worship God. One thing I've seen in this revival, it's been all over the news, is young people unafraid to worship the Lord. Young people unafraid to holler out the name of Jesus. I know we have some people in here that holler out the name of Jesus. I absolutely love that. Absolutely love that. Sometimes it scares me. I absolutely love it. Sometimes I probably scare you and I do it. We have to be unashamed. Say, God, we welcome you. We welcome. Time is of the essence, not only for us. Not only for us to hear God, feel God, his presence. This world's running out. Our time is short to reach other people. Would you stand with me? Simple altar call. I'm going to ask you to do this. I know we're, we're past 12 o'clock, and this is unusual. This is unusual. We don't go past 12 a lot. Are we, do we still have time to pray? Do we still have time to touch heaven? Do we still have, if God wants to come and habitate this place for the rest of the afternoon, are we willing to do that? I'm going to ask you right now, would you find you a place to pray? Ask God to come down. Like I said before, if you need to repent, you repent. God, anything in me that you don't like, would you convict me of? Show it to me, Lord, and I repent of it. But Father, I want all that you have for me. I want your presence here today in my life. Lord Jesus, I thank you. For TFT, I thank you for this group of people, Lord, that's endured here today. I ask you, Lord, right now for your power and your presence, Lord, to be poured out upon us. Lord, that we're willing to be patient. Lord, things that are good, we're patient for. We, we wait for. And Father, we wait for you today, God, to do your will in our lives. We're in no hurry, Lord, to get somewhere else, Lord. We want to be in your presence. I want to be in your presence today, God. I thank you for this. I ask you to bless these people, Lord, as they worship you right now. In Jesus' name, amen.